Welcome to Humanity Matters Broadcast. I'm Dr. Philip Fletcher, your host, where we discuss and reflect on theology, philosophy, leadership, and nonprofits. We are continuing our discussion, Meet the Candidates, a discussion on poverty in Arkansas. We are live at Round Mountain Coffee for this opportunity. We want to thank them once again for opening their business to host these discussions. Our discussions have been tailored to look at the isness and the oughtness of humanity. When I say isness, I'm reflecting on the current condition of the human experience while the oughtness of humanity leads us to reflect on the capabilities and hopes for the human flourishing while we have a recognition at some degree that there is some change that needs to happen. It is important for the poor in our society to have their concerns addressed in a loving, civil, and nonviolent manner. For us to move forward, we have to work together in love and for the good of each other. Our society can be considered great, not successful, when people have the opportunity to flourish free of obstacles imposed by a variety of entities. There are a diversity of perspectives on how best a society can assist persons in poverty, creating opportunities for these men and women and children uh, to be fully capable human beings. Today we have with us Senator Jason Rapert, who is running for re-election in District 35, who has asked, who has come to sit down with us. How are you doing today, sir? It's good to see you. Good Thanks see for you having too. me here. Good. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. So, uh, sir, give us a brief introduction about yourself for people who do not know you, who um, may have moved here for the first time. Tell us about yourself. All right. Well, first of all, it is good to be here with yeah. you, and I appreciate the work that you do with Senator Vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been very supportive of that. But uh, for folks that, that maybe don't know me, uh, and I believe I'm looking at the camera there at the top, right? Yes, it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I actually moved to Conway, Arkansas in 1990. Okay. Uh, we were newlyweds, brother. We got married in July of 1990 and moved to Conway, Arkansas. Okay. And our first little apartment was right over behind the corner pantry on Donahue. Right. right. Railroad track, so I got used to the railroad, railroad coming through all, all night. But uh, we moved down here and we started at the University of Central Arkansas, which is what a lot of people do here. Mm-hmm. They come to Conway, they see the opportunity, you got a growing, vibrant community. Even at that time, mm-hmm. it was only 26,000 people when we moved here. Okay. Wow. And so we finished our uh, schooling at the University of Central Arkansas, okay. and my wife's a teacher. And her first teaching job was Ida Burns Elementary, okay. right here in Conway, Arkansas. And so we started our careers, uh, built my business here as actually as a financial advisor. Uh, I first worked, a lot of people don't know, my first office was with Edward Jones Investments. Uh, Then I got recruited to Merrill Lynch to work with high net worth individuals. And uh, it's interesting because I come from not a high net worth family, so this topic today is going to be a very good one to talk about how to pull yourself up. And so after Merrill Lynch, actually, I resigned from there and filed a run for office the first time in 2010. Okay. And so uh, the same 30 days, I filed, I resigned from Merrill Lynch and opened my own financial services practice and began my race. And my first district was seven different counties, including parts of Faulkner County. Okay. At the time, it was the largest district in the state of Arkansas. There's a lot of work to cover. There's a lot of work to cover. And so I actually, uh, historically, 
I was the first Republican elected in Senate District 18 okay. since Reconstruction after the Civil War. Okay. And so that's pretty interesting his history. And obviously then in 2012, as you know, for the first time in 138 years in this state, Republicans gained a majority in the Arkansas legislature. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've been fortunate to be elected three different times mm -hmm. by voters in this state, which not only includes Faulkner County, but the first one was all those other counties. Yeah. And I'm up for re-election again this year. And this is a good segue into the topic. When Laurie and I moved here, okay. we had nothing. We had a couple hundred dollars in an old gray Oldsmobile car okay. that sometimes we just quit when you're rolling down the road. Okay. And our first meal, and we've got pictures, is a cardboard box. This was our table. We didn't have a table. Okay. We had a cardboard box, and we had a new towel thrown over, because when you get married in Arkansas, you know, everybody gives you a set of towels. All right. And so we had a new towel thrown over that cardboard box, and Laurie cooked a steak dinner okay. there at that little apartment. All right. And uh, that was it. We had all hand-me-down furniture. Mm -hmm. My grandparents had given me an old set of, of living room furniture. Mm -hmm. uh, the bed that I grew up with, my mom and dad was let me take the bedstead with me. Yeah. And we literally just were a young couple in love yeah. and had nothing. And so I think my first paycheck down here that week was 80-something dollars. I don't know how we ever survived, but we did. Okay. And we made ends meet. And as it relates to the topic here, twofold, poverty, mm -hmm. which we were definitely poverty. Mm -hmm. it, was a, it was this young couple from northeast Arkansas from the sticks okay. and all of these older folks living in this apartment community. Okay. And they were there uh, on uh, income assistance. Mm -hmm. And here's this young couple yeah. that's sitting here working, just getting started. And so besides the topic at hand today, which is poverty, Phil, the other thing is that one of the things you've said is why I don't want to serve. Yeah. Everything and every opportunity that I've been given professionally in my adult life okay. has been given to us by Conway, Arkansas. And so when it came time to run for office and to serve and give back, mm -hmm. uh, I have absolutely enjoyed working hard for the people of Conway, Arkansas okay. and our state. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this is my eighth year. Mm -hmm. And after becoming one of the first Republicans in history to win those Senate, Senate races, I'm the chairman of the Senate Insurance and Commerce Committee that okay. oversees everything to do with banks, uh, insurance, financial services, and mm -hmm. securities, and we also oversee all of the utility business in our state. So water, light, electricity, mm -hmm. uh, that comes through our committee. And uh, in addition, locally, I'm on, the, I think the last count they told me was 22 different legislative committee so I'm in a position okay. now as the second most senior Republican in the Senate okay uh, I serve in a lot of different places okay I'm also co-chair of higher education committee okay and it's pretty nice being here in Conway the city of colleges yeah it's an important issue for us yeah. we have a lot of people that either teach in Hendricks CBC or UCA or even new life at OB I mean OBU at new life mm -hmm. Uh, it's important in that aspect, but also we have thousands of students in our, mm -hmm. in our community every year. So I enjoy serving in those leadership roles and also tax and revenue committee. And nationally, I was elected and serving currently, I'm the president of the National Council 
of insurance legislators. Okay. And so we've really worked hard on the pharmacy benefit manager issue that you've probably read about. Mm -hmm. uh, people, uh, our independent pharmacies were in danger of being closed in the mm -hmm. state. Mm -hmm. And so we had a special session. We passed that legislation. Mm -hmm. And in December, the, the national body is going to vote on a, a model bill that I've proposed, which is based on Arkansas's bill. So I crammed a lot in there in that answer for you so that you could understand. We're at a point now where, you know, when I first got in there, nobody opened the door. But with good relationships and experience, I'm fortunate to have support of a lot of folks in the state as well as community. And we can get things done for Conway, and that's what it's about. And so, uh, so I'll let you lead me into right. the next yeah, question. I appreciate that answer. So um, uh, offer us your definition of poverty. Well, I think that if you got to the bottom line, mm -hmm. there's official definitions of poverty, yeah, which are based on income. Right. But I think most people would say, when you don't have the money mm -hmm. to buy food to put on the table, okay. to pay for clothes for your children to go to school, okay. to buy prescriptions that's needed so your little boy or your little girl mm -hmm. uh, can handle an asthma yeah. uh, diagnosis, I think most people say poverty is not being able to buy the basic necessities of life to take care yeah. of your family. Mm -hmm. um, and again, as you know, dealing with poverty the way that you do and mm -hmm. focusing on that in our city, which mm -hmm. has been a blessing to the city, uh, there are the official statistics, which some of them I have here that I had, had looked in preparation to come in. Uh, but I think that most people would say, and I'm not talking about splurging, no, I so I know some people would say, "Well, I've got I can't I can't have the car I want, and mm -hmm. I can't have the the t television I want, or mm -hmm. whatever." You know, I think real poverty is not having enough funds to take care of your family, mm -hmm. the basic necessities of life, mm -hmm. and and when you travel the country and see real poverty, mm -hmm. uh, for a person like me that grew up in a family where we lived paycheck to paycheck. Okay. We weren't in poverty, but that was because my father had a job and my mother also was doing things as well. She had a job mm -hmm. and work. But had my father lost that job mm -hmm. or my mother had lost her opportunity to work, you see well, yourself being a hard way. You, it would be, an, it would have been immediate. Yeah. And so, for me, I know the value of a dollar. Mm -hmm. As I just said, when Laurie and I moved here. We didn't have the house that we wanted. Mm -hmm. We didn't have the furniture that we wanted. We didn't have the things that we mm -hmm. would have wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, my grocery uh, shopping consisted of everything with a yellow label. Okay. Back in the day, it was. There's a lady sitting right here yeah. with us. Back in the day, I went for the yellow label because I could get the basic necessities of life mm -hmm. at the cheapest cost using that that yellow yeah. label. Yeah. And so we, knowing that has given me appreciation. That's one of the things that has led me to pass legislation mm -hmm. that makes sure that we're taking care of folks out here that may not be in those upper income brackets. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I'm proud of is January the 1st of 2019, okay. coming up here in just a few weeks really, mm -hmm. the bill that I passed in 2013, I carried it lead in the Arkansas Senate mm -hmm. Democrat uh, Darren Williams carried it in the House, mm -hmm. and Governor B.B. signed it into law. He's okay. a Democrat. Okay. It was a bill to get rid of the last remaining discretionary sales tax 
on okay. grocery items. Okay. And as you know, in the past few months, there was a few Republicans that kind of start speaking up about possibly repealing mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But what we did is we put in triggers so that uh, the desegregation payments had to end, mm-hmm. some bond payments had to end, and when that ended, then what we proposed to do is to take off that last one and a half cent to get rid of that. And why do I think that's important? Because I think that people on fixed income that are senior citizens or those families that I described, where they're having to sacrifice something every month just to get by. We should not be taxing the necessities of life like bread and butter and milk when we don't have to. We were one of the few states in the entire nation that still taxed uh, people's grocery items. Okay. And so by good budgeting, we have been able to budget for it and good planning. Uh, I'm told we're going to save another $65 million are going to stay in the pockets of families in our state okay. because of that bill. Okay. It's one of my most proud achievements okay. uh, because not only was it the right thing to do, but it was bipartisan support. Mm-hmm. All senators in the Arkansas Senate voted for the bill. Mm-hmm. And so I'm happy about that because I know that that takes care of some of the poorest people in our state. Whether you're rich or poor, that's that's going to help. Yeah, everybody, everybody's going to the grocery store at, at some point. That's exactly uh, right. Regardless of the income situation. Yeah. That's good. Exactly. That's very good. Uh, once again, this is Dr. Philip Fletcher, and we're here with Senator Jason Rapert. We're at Round Mountain Coffee for our Humanity Matters series, Meet the Candidates, a discussion on poverty. If you have a question that is related to poverty, uh, you know, send it in. That way we can, uh, I'll vet the question and we'll throw it to Jason Rapert at the appropriate time. And so, uh, Jason, uh, considering your area of desired representation where you've been representing the last, uh, your last term, uh, evaluate the efforts of, of poverty, uh, addressing poverty here in Faulkner County. Uh, what would you well, the legislation that I just yeah. stated is definitely something that had been desired for mm-hmm. decades. Okay. Uh, and actually, Democrats have been great champions of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so that bill not only affects people here, it affects every single family in the state of Arkansas. Yeah. They're going to be recipients of that. Uh, addressing things in our community. You start to get into a situation there where it becomes not just a governmental answer, but Mm -hmm. it becomes a local societal answer Mm -hmm. in what you do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And obviously, from my perspective, I think of the work that you do. Mm -hmm. You reach out and you work in some of the areas of the city that had been underserved, Mm -hmm. where people weren't paying attention Mm -hmm. like they should. And frankly, that's part of the... uh, I was over at the chamber earlier this morning. Often you hear them talk about the secret sauce of Conway, which the growth, a lot of it is attributed to the college students that come through and they love our community and they end up staying when you grow. Mm -hmm. And so a secret sauce also of what's happening in Conway, I think, is people like you that are being a voice. Mm -hmm. We are actually advocating, making it important to talk Mm -hmm. with local leaders and legislators about the issue. And so for me, I have personally, if you want to personally what I've done, I've always been a supporter of Bethlehem House, Mm -hmm. uh, which are people really in a crisis situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I encourage people to reach out and learn Mm -hmm. more about Bethlehem Mm -hmm. House because they're working Mm -hmm. with the homeless uh, that are in a position where they're looking on how to get to that next step, how to get out of that cycle of homelessness. You and I both know that there are homeless in our communities Mm -hmm. where 
their life is so out of control, and they don't even know how to get to the next yeah. step. And that's when you begin to deal with mental illness sometimes, right. with those issues. And not, and I'll tell you so that nobody will say, uh, not every homeless person obviously is mentally ill. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to right. start that's, throwing that right. back at right. us. Right. The problem is, is that sometimes they, that's what brings them to homelessness. They are mm-hmm. having issues, the life spiraling out of control, and it may include opioid abuse yes. or addictions. And so here in our community, you have to have the local authorities that are focusing on mm-hmm. it. Some legislation that we passed that does help with mental health, which mm-hmm. is associated with it, is that we have what's now called crisis stabilization units. Okay. Uh, we have people in our state that really were dealing with mental health issues that ended up getting arrested mm-hmm. uh, because they maybe violated the law or did something that mm-hmm. was out of order mm-hmm. and the police get called and they were putting those people in jail. Mm-hmm. They're not getting any help. They're right. just putting them in incarcerated. Yeah. This posed a problem for law enforcement, and also we know when they're let out, they're not, they've not been assisted, they've not yeah. really been really helped. And so putting those crisis stabilization units in, in, in uh, place across the mm-hmm. state is going to help in some of those issues. For poverty, uh, I'm going to make it personal here, because mm-hmm. I'm sitting here thinking there's so many directions we could go. Yeah. You can't address poverty can just conceptually and not have any action. Right. Really. Right. You and I are both men of faith. Mm-hmm. It says in the book of James, faith without action, yeah. without works, yeah. is dead. Yeah. And so talking about it is a must because that's where uh, they say the mind is the battlefield. Mm-hmm. You and I discussing the issue here today, people that are looking at this and viewing it online, uh, they may learn things here today that they didn't know before. Right. And it gets them to thinking about what they could do. Yeah. And so what I see happening here uh, locally is not only the Bethlehem House, Soul Food Cafe does mm-hmm. help people right. in poverty as well. Mm-hmm. Do it on a weekly basis. Yeah. Your ministry helps people as well. Uh, but we can't forget folks like the United Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I encourage people, if they don't know a place they can help, mm-hmm. Uh, reach out to United Way and learn about those programs because they're trying to help. When there's crisis situations, I've often reached out to the United Way mm-hmm. to try to pair them up with resources. Mm-hmm. We also have had over the years here, we've had interfaith clinics mm-hmm. which help with people as well. And so a lot of things going on in Conway that's not, that are not not going on in Pocahontas, Arkansas, which is the county seat of where I was raised okay. before we moved to uh, Conway. Now, personally, what helped Jason Raper and Laurie Raper? Uh, my family lived paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Now, they're doing better now, uh, just like you know most of our the older folks that yeah. have worked for 20, 30 years. But when I was growing up, it, that one paycheck would have would have totally interrupted us. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a house that didn't have central air conditioning. Mm-hmm. It was a two bedroom house. We had a wood stove. Okay. Uh, the kitchen in our house, it was two, it was had two bedrooms and a living room and a kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We grew up on well water. Mm-hmm. We didn't have cable. Uh, we got one channel that was, you turn the ears just right and you could get channel eight in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Yeah. I went to a rural school. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a lot of opportunities that kids in our community have here now. But when, when I got married at 18 years old, by the way, we've been married 28 years now. We moved to Conway to get our education. Yeah. 
And education is critical to being able to pull people, being able to pull themselves out of a cycle of poverty. Mm -hmm. If I deferred here and you begin talking, I know you've addressed this many times, there's no question education has made a difference in your life. Yeah, yeah, and I find it's interesting even as you're, because we're pretty close in age, and you describing uh, how you grew up in your living situation, and then I think about uh, how I grew up in my living situation, like we had center uh, heat and air, you know. Um, I grew up in a three-bedroom house, you know, and so... You had a bigger uh, house than that. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because, um, you know, I grew up in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. You know, you grew up here in, um, in Ar- Pocahontas, Arkansas. Actually, a little town. I was way in the country. Supply, Arkansas. Okay. There's one store there. Okay. One store. Right. Yeah, so I have, you know, me growing up, I have no conception of that, you know, whatsoever. But two-parent household, two-parent household... And then just, you know, even from one state to another, one city to another, just how things look radically different, even at the same time period, growing up, how I could be perceived as have everything necessary. And you're talking about paycheck to paycheck. Um, And so, uh, you know, the second thing, yeah, education is a critical factor in, in seeing people move from... Uh, one standard of living to another or one just way of thinking uh, to another. So that's very important. You know, you bring up uh, local organizations, right? And I'm looking at uh, at a national level, but also kind of a state level and here in Faulkner County, uh, this is discussion of the role of government uh, in, in addressing uh, issues of poverty. You have some that are more government intervention, um, more government involvement. Then you have those as kind of the middle ground. Then you have those as little to no government interaction. Um, what is your, what are your thoughts on that? It's the role of government, you know, as yeah. a as a senator. What you've seen the last your last few terms? Well, let me back up to the source document. Okay. In our country, number one, we have the oldest surviving republic in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. And we all know the phrase, we have a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Right. And so what I want to explain mm-hmm. is that all of us, this lady sitting here with us, the people that are out here drinking coffee here at Round Mountain today, we all decide what we corporately think is important, that we want to pull our resources together and accomplish. Mm-hmm. That's a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people are members of churches. The church decides what the church is going to take mm-hmm. care of. Many of you are earning. I'm a Rotarian. I was president of the Conway mm-hmm. Rotary Club. We decide what we want to do and focus on, and we pull our resources together yeah. freely to do that. And when you talk about government, every dollar that government spends mm-hmm. is a dollar out of Phil Fletcher's pocket. Right in my pocket, in her pocket, in everybody's pocket. There is no government money that just appears. Right. It is taken from us, and the people decide what taxation is actually acceptable to them. We're deciding how much the government is going to pull out. That's exactly right. right. And then in representative government, at the federal level, you have 435 House members, you have 100 senators, you have 535 men and women that are deciding what is the appropriate tax structure 
to take care of the United States mm -hmm. of America and the obligations that we have now taken on right. for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So Medicaid, for instance. Okay. Medicaid, which is another important program mm -hmm. to poor people, mm -hmm. is supposed to be there to help people that can't help themselves, number one, mm -hmm. who may be literally disabled and unable to work. Mm -hmm. And it now helps families that are, again, in the poverty level, mm -hmm. trying to help them give a hand up. In Arkansas, Arkansas works. Right. Uh, as you know, in Arkansas, we decided to uh, amend our program here mm -hmm. to try to instill the opportunity for people to work. Right. And so to give them a hand up, and I chaired the Insurance and Commerce Committee that had to handle every single bill okay. that dealt with that insurance program as it came through. Okay. And so it's important to weigh the different needs of different people and come up with a program that fits the state of Arkansas. Okay. So the national level, your 535 make a decision and then a president needs to sign a mm -hmm. bill. Mm -hmm. In Arkansas, there are 100 House members, 35 senators, and we decide based on what we hear from people. Sometimes I'll get a thousand emails okay. on a particular subject. Sometimes I may not get a handful and some subject, none at all. Mm -hmm. And so when people elect us to serve like they have me, it's important to know what Phil Fletcher thinks, mm -hmm. to weigh that information. Uh, for us in Arkansas, when we dealt with uh, the Affordable Care Act yeah. and how it affected Arkansas, mm -hmm. uh, the Conway Chamber of Commerce, uh, Conway Regional Medical Center, mm -hmm. doctors and people that were in these programs reached out to talk to me about how the programs affected our community mm -hmm. and how it would affect them individually. Mm -hmm. And I could go on and on about this representation and whether you're using government intervention or mm -hmm. private, but let me say it this way to you. Uh, as for me, my philosophy is mm -hmm. I want to help people that truly are in a situation that can't help themselves or they've hit a hard time and try to bridge them to be able to get back into, into their life. Okay. And so that's where I will differ with some people, especially if, since you're talking to politicians, mm -hmm. from the left side of the spectrum where it's almost as if every service they want to provide free. Okay. And that's where it's important to remember what I said to begin with. Mm -hmm. There is no free government money that just appears anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's coming out of someone's pocket. Mm -hmm. My belief is is that Phil Fletcher knows best for his family what to do with his dog. Mm -hmm. But I also know this was where I will differ on some on the other extreme end of the spectrum. Okay. I like knowing when there's an emergency, if this lady here with us today had a medical emergency, I like knowing I can call on the phone Mm -hmm. And there's an ambulance that's going to show up here with trained personnel that can help save her life. Tax money does that. Mm -hmm. I like knowing that if we're sitting in here and an armed robber comes in and yeah. robs this establishment we're in, that somebody can call 911 and there's going to be a police officer mm -hmm. show up there. Mm -hmm. I know that this is a representation of what we have said are services that we want to yeah. provide to people. Yeah. And so as the country developed, we did not have free education for everyone. No. It was dip, dip, typically churches that provided the schoolhouses that school our children. And then over time, we said, you know what? It's important that we have our kids trained and educated. Yeah. And so we began to spend funds on education. Mm -hmm. In Arkansas, by the way, education 
is one of the largest categories okay. that we spend money on, okay. K through 12 education in the state of Arkansas. And so what I believe is that I'm a local citizen. Mm -hmm. I have been a business owner here in Conway. Mm -hmm. uh, I am serving in nonprofit arenas. So as a citizen like everyone else in our community, we have choices on what we think should be done mm -hmm with our, you okay? <laughs> uh, we have choices on what we do with our funds. And so I believe that local communities, in fact, government is best when it's closest to the people. And that's a key. Some of you that are students of political science out there are watching this program today, you'll find very quickly that government is best when it's closest to the people. Why is that? It's because you can call Jason Raper and you can get on get on the phone with me. You can meet me at the Kroger mm -hmm. if I'm in there, and I have people stop me all the time and visit with me about this issue mm -hmm. or that. And that's because it's accessible. And so that's why that I prefer that we have a small government at the federal level mm -hmm. because I think that Phil Fletcher, Jason Raper, Mayor Bart Castleberry, mm -hmm. uh, the county judge, mm -hmm. I think that we know what our folks mm -hmm. are asking for and would desire better than a bureaucrat sitting in an ivory tower in Washington, okay. D.C. Let's uh, talk about uh, Medicaid, Arkansas works. Mm -hmm. So evaluate that program. Give Give... Stepping back, what's good about it? If you had your druthers, what would you change about it? Well, first of all, there's not a lot to evaluate yet. Okay. Uh, because it's just got it's just got approval. Mm -hmm. We're one of the few states in the nation that now have some sort of work requirement. Okay. Uh, we don't have a stronger requirement as actually most of us would like to see. Okay. Able-bodied people mm -hmm. should be working. Okay. There's honor and integrity in that. Mm -hmm. And when those people work, that means we have more dollars to help the people that mm -hmm. really need it. Mm -hmm. And so Arkansas Works requires that they at least be getting some training for a job mm -hmm. or be out seeking a job in order to stay qualified. The minimum is 80 hours, I believe uh, it is. I think that's yeah, correct. Yeah, okay. and, and so right now, there's not data yet on how that is improved to help people to find those jobs. Mm -hmm. But again, we know that's critical. Okay. If you and I lay down and quit working, mm -hmm. our families are going to be in trouble mm -hmm. very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so all of us know that it's important. That's part of, of the original Judeo-Christian work ethic of the country. Mm -hmm. That was part of who we were, mm -hmm. is that there was honor and integrity. In fact, the Bible says the man that doesn't eat, doesn't work, doesn't mm -hmm. eat. Mm -hmm. And it says a father should provide for his family. Mm -hmm. And so we have to encourage and also highlight honor mm -hmm. in being industrious, going out and turning a hand and doing what you can for your community. And so we will know in the next few years how many people we've been able to bridge mm -hmm. to that. Now, I will tell you there are success stories that you're hearing mm -hmm. of people who have gotten services mm -hmm. that they've been paired with where it's changed their life. Mm -hmm and brought them out of a cycle. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I can't even, I, I, there's nothing more to say on that. We don't have a lot of data yet on what it's done here, mm -hmm. but we do know that in Arkansas right now, 
we have the lowest unemployment rate that we've ever had in the history of our state. Mm -hmm. That's been achieved by, we believe, good policies over the last four mm -hmm. years with Governor Hutchinson and the mm -hmm. Republican legislature to help put Arkansas back to work, make people welcome to our state, mm -hmm. to create new jobs, uh, to move to our communities, and we have, we have grown, we have prospered out of that. Mm -hmm. But there are pockets, even in our own community, where there are people that are still in a cycle of poverty. Mm -hmm. I think that it is, it's not just a three-legged stool approach, which mm -hmm. makes it too simple. Okay. We have to help make sure that people have educational opportunities, okay. especially workforce education opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to make sure that, and by the way, you could be have a, a wall full of diplomas, and if there's no opportunity for a job, right. it makes no difference. Right. And so having an opportunity in Conway and Faulkner County, when I moved here, there were 26,000 people in the yeah. city of Conway. We're now, they say, based on utility hookups, mm -hmm. over 65,000. Okay. The county is now somewhere around 125. It's a completely different Conway than what it was in 1990. Yeah. But you go look at some of the rural counties, the Delta counties of our state. Mm -hmm. They're losing population. Mm -hmm. And people are leaving there. Because guess what? When you're losing population, convenience stores will close right. because there's nobody that's frequenting a convenience right. store and it is a cycle mm -hmm. when you if you're you're either growing or you're dying mm -hmm. when it comes to e economic issues right. staying pat just staying firm is not a great situation mm -hmm. because some point that cycle is going to begin to degrade mm -hmm. itself mm -hmm. and so in Conway we've benefited because when there's a new employer comes to town somebody buys a house mm -hmm. Some children go to school, they go buy groceries, mm -hmm. they buy gas, they do all of these things in the mm -hmm. community. In fact, locally, for all the Chamber of Commerce people out there, for business people watching mm -hmm. this, uh, the old uh, benchmark is that a dollar in a community will turn over typically seven times okay. before it works its way out of the local economy. Okay. And so $1,000 that's spent here you're looking at $7,000 as it right. trades hands. Uh, you may own a grocery store and mm -hmm. come by from you, then you go buy furniture. Mm -hmm. And then they buy gasoline to haul their furniture, that sort of thing. Right. And so what I believe, again, it's tough in a short period right. like this to say, our community chooses what it wants to spend dollars on. Mm -hmm. Whether it's state, national, or uh, local government. Mm -hmm. For instance, in Conway, the city of Conway, the citizens voted to have a sales tax to help with roads mm. in the city of Conway. Mm. And I want to applaud what's been happening. Mm. There's mm. roads being paved and taken care of and potholes filled all over the state. So, or excuse me, the community here. So that's been good. And the state, mm. uh, another thing that people forget in Conway, and I will throw this in uh, because it deals with Medicaid, the Conway Human Development Center. Okay. Uh, and I encourage people, if you've never visited the Conway Human Development Center, you ought to go. Mm -hmm. Because right now there's probably 1,200 people that have jobs in Conway because mm -hmm. of Conway Human Development Center. That's a very large operation. Mm -hmm. And they help people that truly can't help themselves. Right. And I've gone on there over there several times and have worked with them to make sure that their needs are met. And they've called on me several times. Uh, and some of the folks that are there, you know, their quality of life is not what you would, you would have. 
because they're dealing with very, very uh, uh, completely disabling issues. Mm -hmm. Physical, which sometimes is also mental issues as well. But our community embraced them back in the 50s. Mm -hmm. It originally started as the children's colony. Okay. And these were situations where mom and dad didn't have the resources to be able to help them at home. And they would love to keep them home, but they couldn't take care of them. They didn't have the medical mm -hmm. ability or the therapeutic ability to help them. And they created the children's colony in Conway. And some of those people are, have literally entered their retirement years, as we would call them, in their 60s and 70s over there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them don't have any family left. The only family they have is the people that work with them at Conway Human Development Center. I've worked hard to make sure that we support those kind of programs. Uh, as you know, I'm very pro-life in my position, and that means taking care of everybody. You love people, uh, the elderly in our communities, the disabled in our communities, and especially the children uh, in our communities. And so I believe as a pro-life advocate, I have just as much a responsibility to help those folks that are disabled that need to be cared for as we do anybody else mm -hmm. in the unborn child. And so I wanted to mention that because it is Medicaid mm -hmm. that pays for a lot of the programming okay. that is there. And again, when it gets down to the policy decisions, I simply believe that those that are able to work should be working mm -hmm. and contributing, and that way we have funds to take care of folks that truly need help with things they can't provide. Mm -hmm. Uh, once again, it's Dr. Philip Fletcher. We're here at Round Mountain Coffee. Uh, we're sitting with Senator Jason Rakeford as we're having a discussion on uh, poverty. And as we are coming to a close, uh, why don't you offer some concluding thoughts on uh, poverty uh, specifically, but then also just uh, the state and where you would like to see it head uh, if, if you're blessed for a re-election come 2019. Yeah, and to make that, I was looking at a question right oh, there, okay. a comment there, and so make sure you hit your point again on that question. I know mm -hmm. going for the future. Yeah. Uh, this is taking credit from Conway's local government progress. Uh, I don't know if, JP, whether that is a question, uh, if you could clarify, I would glad to uh, take your question. That's if, a political uh, point. I understand. Yeah, we're, uh, if you would like to clarify your question, JP, I would yeah. love to take it up, but... Um, Jason, going once again, forward, yeah. just going forward, you know, specifically about poverty, but then uh, you can get more broad about the upcoming year. Well, uh, I want to continue doing the work that I've done. Yeah. If we hadn't carried the legislation to get rid of that last uh, remaining sales tax on groceries, it wouldn't have happened. Okay. So being a member of the Tax and Revenue Committee, which I am, mm -hmm. uh, it's important to continue to make sure that you're safeguarding those things because mm -hmm. a new set of people can change those policies. Mm -hmm. As it relates to poverty, I think that the governor's leadership that we've had on workforce education okay. is one of the best things that we can do. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> not everybody wants to go get a theological degree. Right. Not everyone wants to be a, a science teacher. Mm -hmm. But they need skills where they can get a job to take care of their family. Mm -hmm. So workforce education programs, which we've been very, very good at supporting in the state now, uh, I hope that we will continue that. The educational opportunities. Uh, we still, relative to our peers, are not turning out uh, the level of college degrees at many states around us. Um, I just uh, visited yesterday with President Houston Davis at UCA's yeah. my alma mater, 
And uh, about 60%, he says, of a lot of jobs now out there across the country would like to see someone have a degree okay. before coming in those jobs. That has not always been that high. Okay. And so making sure that people, number one, are identifying what they love and what they want to do mm-hmm. to get skills so that they can go out and have an active trade. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important for us to do. The other thing is making sure in Arkansas is that we are creating opportunity the best that we can. Mm-hmm. So things that I'm proud of, and this again applies to everybody, not just poverty, but we passed the largest income tax cuts in Arkansas's mm-hmm. history. And I just never understood why in a, in a state with a lot of poverty mm-hmm. that we had one of the highest tax rates mm-hmm. of any state around us. Mm-hmm. That seems backwards to me. Okay. If you've got a lot of folks that are suffering in poverty, why is it you're taking more and more mm-hmm. from the people and the families in our community? That's why I felt the sales tax was immoral okay. on groceries. Okay. You shouldn't be taxing those necessities. Mm-hmm. And so I want to continue uh, working on creating a good tax uh, environment so that you can draw people into our communities that want to work, that want to contribute, and not overburden mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. And so I want to continue with that. As far as, as um, you said, to broaden it out mm-hmm. and other issues that are there, you know, we're on a good pace right now. Okay. Arkansas, for 138 years, had one-party control. Mm-hmm. It's been good for us to be able to go in to ask questions that were not being asked. Uh, we've been able to pass policies in which the state is doing better. As a matter of fact... I pulled, before I came in here, this is a U.S. News report that the AP provided them. It says that according to a survey that they had conducted, and this would have been 17, Arkansas ranked 44th in the nation with more than 17% poverty rate last year. Mm. That's nothing to brag about. Mm. But the ranking is an improvement from 2015. I was elected in 10. We've been working on these policies. Well, since 2015, Arkansas was ranked 47th with more than a 19% poverty rate at that time. And I think that some of the programs, some of the efficiencies that we've been able to find, and the efforts to try to get people to work helps pull people out of that poverty cycle. Uh, We've got a long way to go. I would love to see us be at the top of those rankings and have very low percentage of people in poverty. And one other thing um, I looked at last night is the percentage of children living in poverty in our state. In Faulkner County, the latest numbers I showed was about 16%. Mm-hmm. Well, that about averages the state average. Yeah. But what I looked at that's pretty chilling is so many counties where 30, mm-hmm. 40% mm-hmm. of their children, according to that survey, yeah. were living in poverty. Mm-hmm. The Delta is one of those. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I did when I first came in is I filed a bill, which was, uh, I believe it had a long name, it was the Arkansas Redevelopment and, and Act, okay. basically. Right. And I could go pull it up for you because it was 2011 when I, I filed that okay. bill. Uh, since I was not in the majority party, it went nowhere. Okay. But what it did is it looked at the poorest counties of the state, those that were losing population, okay. Uh, those that were on the Delta Regional Authority Distressed Counties list. And I was proposing that we implement the the greatest economic reforms that people were lauding in the country Mm -hmm. in those states. Why? Excuse me, those counties. Why? Because we're losing people. Mm -hmm. They're in a cycle that's not breaking. Mm -hmm. And you got to do something to break that cycle and turn Mm -hmm. around. So what I wanted to do 
is have, a, have economic policies in place that when Phil Fletcher and Company A begin mm-hmm. to look around the state and say, where could I go put in a new business right. bill, or nationally, when they mm-hmm. say, hey, where, what state could we go to? I want them to be able to say, well, you know right here, they've got the best tax rates, the mm-hmm. best economic policies in place that we could ever ask for. Mm-hmm. And you got to do something that begins to break the cycle. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, people say, well, I'd love to go put my company there, but we don't have workers trained to fill the jobs. Okay. That's where the education comes right. in, that you've got to have all of those elements working together to be able to break the cycle of poverty mm-hmm. and help people. So I'm going to be quiet. you got more questions, and there may be some questions yeah. people want to ask. Yeah. Uh, someone asked, can you reintroduce that bill? I'm assuming they're talking about the... You know what? And, and that's a great point. In mm-hmm. fact, some of my colleagues, Democrat colleagues, mm-hmm. said, I wish you'd reintroduce it. And I think we're at a point... Now, first of all, parts of what I... And I, I, I think that's a fabulous comment. I appreciate, appreciate the comment. Some of what I wanted to do, we're doing. Okay. Okay? But we just didn't do it all at once. Okay. And so I would love to resurrect that in my last four, four years, probably in the Senate, which will be coming up. Okay. Uh, and it's depending a lot on term limits, on what people vote on term limits. Mm-hmm. But I would love to be able to accomplish that. And now we're at a point where we've seen enough of what I would call small reforms beginning to happen, mm-hmm. we might could look at that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it basically is the economic enterprise zones, if you've heard of enterprise yes, zones, yes, right. which by the way, we passed legislation mm-hmm. which has allowed some small areas of enterprise zones mm-hmm. in our communities. Uh, I've worked, as you know, very hard on the Central Arkansas Regional Intermodal Authority, right. which they, those authorities can utilize some tax-free, tariff-free mm-hmm. zones okay. for trade, which would be awesome for us. You know, we're right here on the Arkansas River with mm-hmm. over a billion dollars of trade going up and down the river mm-hmm. in Conway, Arkansas, and we don't have any port access. Okay. We don't have any opportunity to take advantage of that, and here we are sitting right on the Arkansas River. So I've worked with Senator John Bozeman and others about ideas. He's a big proponent of those regional intermodal authorities okay. for trade. So. That bill, uh, it would be nice to try to resurrect it. But here's a, an interesting problem. I filed that in 11. The census happened in 10. Okay. The, draw, the lines were redrawn in 12, and guess what happened to those regional areas? They have lost legislators because the population is shifting northwest in Arkansas. Okay. And so with you only have 135 of us. Mm-hmm. We are apportioned by population. Mm-hmm. My Senate district is a little over 90,000. Okay. So all 35 of us represent a little over 90,000 individual constituents. Mm-hmm. But when they redraw the lines again after the 20 census, mm-hmm. that will change. Now, we're probably going to gain uh, population. Mm-hmm. That means that we may have more senators than just the four that touch Faulkner County right now state house members and so my point in that is is that a lot of the people that would want me to pass the bill Mm. they've lost their political power Mm. and don't have those people at the table because that those lines got redrawn and now there's less representation at the state legislature for those small areas and here's my point on this and I argued and they couldn't they couldn't pick apart the policy it was just Jason was the young Republican okay 
I've said that Arkansas can never be as healthy and as prosperous as we could be when you have an arm bleeding out. Mm -hmm. So when you have Faulkner County that has been over the years the second fastest growing county in the state and Northwest Arkansas, one of the greatest places. By the way, we're in a terrific area. Mm -hmm. Conway and Faulkner County is always rated very high on our standard of life, mm -hmm. our quality of life here, and one of the greater places to live and work in the country. Mm -hmm. But you go a hundred miles from here south and you are in abject poverty. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the work that you're doing with the community mm -hmm. and trying to help them and mm -hmm. stir their leadership. Right, down in Michigan, yeah. That needs to happen. Yeah. In my bill, those people, yes, they yeah. love that concept. So that would be something I would love to, to work on, but I have had to be satisfied because you can't have everything you want. Right. Uh, we have been successful in sponsoring and voting for income tax cuts, the sales tax cut, and uh, job growth opportunities. Mm -hmm. We've created over 70,000. I say we, our citizens, have created it. But the leadership has created the environment where they're willing to invest mm -hmm. and create those jobs. And so I'm proud of that. Well, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Very much. Uh, we'd like to thank you for visiting with us today on uh, Friday, October 5th. We will be sitting down uh, talking criminal justice and poverty, and we'll be meeting with Carol Cruz. Then on Friday, October 12th, uh, we'll be sitting down with Maureen Skinner, who is running for Arkansas State Senate, uh, District 35. And then on October 19th, Zach Throneberry will be closing us out, who is running for prosecuting attorney as well. Uh, this has been a Humanity Matters, a resource of Coho, discussing and reflecting on theology, philosophy, leadership, and nonprofits. For more information, you can visit our website, coho58.org. Like us on YouTube at Humanity Matters. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play and Spotify. And remember this, if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. Take care. God bless.